0: Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth.
1: And I'm Ramey. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore.
0: From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity.
1: Okay, what are we talking about today?
0: We're going to be talking about the history of Halloween. Oh. Because this will be coming out by the time it's October.
1: That makes sense. And
0: I'm going to try to make it more spooky, ghostly things, but I decided on the history of Halloween for this one. And... I got most of this information from a book I had on Kindle Unlimited. You can read it for free if you have Kindle Unlimited, or you can purchase it from Amazon for $5.24. It is called Halloween, A History of the Origins and Traditions from Sawin to the Modern Day by Louisa Tarver.
1: Okay. That sounds like a book you'd find in Hogwarts Library. Yes.
0: But as I said in the... Last episode, I'm going to try to start doing the What Happened Today in History. Obviously, the day that we're recording, not the day it's coming out. And it is September 29th, September 29th, 1982. There was cyanide-laced Tylenol that killed seven people and caused a panic.
1: For good reason. Tylenol is what keeps the working man going. Yes, but and that's woman
0: just the... Uh, fun little one i have also september 29th 1941 i don't know if i'm going to pronounce this right bobby yar massacre begins
1: bobby yar i don't know
0: b-a-b-i-y-a-r and i'm assuming that it's german because it's about nazis it was located on the outskirts of k-i-e-v kiev and
1: you've heard that in the news a lot lately ukraine
0: yes it was occupied by the nazis at the time and on September 19th, the German army took mm. Kiev. SS squads prepared to carry out Adolf Hitler's orders to exterminate all Jews and Soviet officials found there. On September 29th, more than 30,000 Jews were marched in small groups to Babiyar Babiyar ravine, to the north of the city. They were ordered to strip naked, and then they were gunned down with machine guns into the ravine. Um. September 30th, the massacre ended. Both dead and wounded were covered with dirt and rocks. But between 1941 and 1943, thousands more Jews, Soviet officials, and Russian prisoners of war were executed there in a similar manner. As German armies retreated from the USSR, the Nazis attempted to hide evidence by exhuming bodies and burning them on large pyres.
1: That must have been time consuming.
0: Yeah. They shouldn't have been doing what they were doing to try to hide it in the first place. No. But. I
1: wonder if the people that had to dig them up and burn them were the same people who ended up shooting them in the first place or if everybody had been moved around since then.
0: I don't know. Hmm. It's awful. Yeah. But that's our fun little, it's not fun, but our little, um. what happened today in history. Now we're going into the history of Halloween. More light. An interesting little fact about Halloween. The name Halloween is thought to come from a Scottish term for All Hallows' Eve, and I believe that to be true because...
1: I've always heard it.
0: it. uh, I've always heard it, and it sounds like it should be. Halloween can be traced back at least 2,500 years to the ancient Celtic festival of Sawin. Sawin? I
1: I don't know, Beth.
0: The pronunciation part is spelled S-A-H-W-H-E-N. Sawin. Sawin.
1: I've probably heard it, and we're not saying it right, so I don't recognize it.
0: I don't know. Origins of Sawin trace back to 2500 BCE. Many of its traditions can be traced back further, though. And it means summer's end. It marks the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. The coming of winter was a big deal to the Celts because they relied heavily on the land for food. And a bad harvest and a cold winter could mean starvation, therefore death. It was the time when Celts would take stocks of supplies and prepare for the cold months. They would slaughter their livestock and preserve the meat for winter. Okay. Poor livestock.
1: Yeah, it had to be done. But back I guess, then. It,
0: yeah, it had to be done. It was thought to have originated in Ireland, then brought to other parts of Europe but I'm not sure about that. That's what it said, so that's what I put. Offerings and sacrifices to gods for favorable weather and good harvests were common in many cultures before they even came to Ireland. Festivities started on October 31st, but Samhain is on November 1st, when the festivities would end after dark. Samhain was celebrated on the last day of the Celtic calendar, which happened to be October 31st. It's believed That ghosts and other supernatural creatures could pass from their world and into the world of the living. And they could destroy crops and cause harm to people. And they also believed the veil between the two worlds was at its thinnest during that time. And that's how they were able to do this. Communications with the dead was also thought to be possible during this time. Spirits of the dead would come knocking on the door for a warm welcome and a hot meal. And if they were not welcomed, they would cause mischief. And this is why it was important... To offer food and drinks to travelers who came to your door during that time. Well, nowadays you get murdered.
1: If you have to <laughs> invite strangers into your house, or robbed. The Greek gods—they were all about um, hospitality, and Zeus had a habit of traveling around and trying to get help from people. And if they didn't help him, he would just make their life miserable or worse.
0: It's like the Beauty and the Beast, the old lady, but he was a child, and he just didn't let her, I- a stranger, in. Yep, that's what. And it is. she cursed him. To ward off evil spirits, people would eat special foods such as roasted apples and cider.
1: Oh, golly, don't don't make me eat the roasted apples and <laughs> cider. Oh, I hate this time of year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they would build bonfires and engage in rituals to honor their ancestors. And they would dress in costumes made of animal skins.
1: That sounds... And some intriguing. sources said
0: animal heads as well.
1: Oh, why not? You got the skin, you might as well add the rest. Yeah.
0: Bonfires were not only to ward off evil spirits. It was also thought to help guide the souls of the dead back to the other world. And the word bonfire comes from the words bone and fire because people used to throw bones of slaughtered animals on the fires as a sacrifice to the Celtic gods.
1: They also burn really well when they're dry. So if you need something to burn better. Uh, Also, there's a local restaurant called the Bone Fire.
0: Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about now because I've only actually been there once, and I never ate anything, but they used to put a lot of alcohol in mixed drinks.
1: I don't know about that. I do know that their food was pretty good when I went.
0: It smelled good. I never actually ate there, but it smelled good.
1: Like big barbecue stuff.
0: I just went to the bar.
1: Or smoked stuff. I really don't know. It was really good.
0: It was also possibly meant to honor the sun god, and they believed the sun was dying during this time of year, and that they were giving the sun the strength it needed to make it through the winter.
1: He needs a ritual infusion.
0: How do you know it's not a she?
1: They need a ritual infusion.
0: <laughs> Archaeological evidence has been found at sites such as Stonehenge of huge bonfires and feasts, perhaps being held as part of this festival.
1: Oh, I could see it. It looks like a perfect place for a bonfire or bonfire.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. It was round. Sawin was originally a pagan festival, but was later adopted by the early Christian church. And why, you ask?
1: It's because they wanted to get these other people in their religion pretty quick
0: in an attempt to become the dominant religion and to replace it with All Saints Day.
1: Yep, it were the religion of the West.
0: Yeah. The Romans helped influence Halloween after conquering the Celts. They brought in their own traditions, such as the Festival of Pomona, a festival to honor the Roman goddess (laughs) Pomona.
1: What is she a goddess of?
0: (laughs) She is the goddess of fruit and trees. She's responsible for the fruitfulness of the trees and fertility, apparently. Originally, this festival was held in August, and uh-huh. it's also closely associated with apples because it's thought to be where the tradition of bobbing for apples came from.
1: In the time before antibacterial soap and all that, oh, I would not want to be sticking my hand I go in a more, vat of water.
0: Yes, I go more into the bobbing for apples in a little bit, and I will state my own opinion on that. Okay. Because, um, yes, that's gross. F-E-R-A-L-I-A festival. Feralia. That's actually kind of pretty, if that's how it's pronounced. It's dedicated to the dead. People would make offerings to their deceased loved ones. They would light bonfires to ward off evil spirits, because apparently that's what bonfires do, it seems, with all of these. Now I'm going to go into the Christianity influence. Many pagan festivals were Christianized and incorporated into existing Christian holidays. I'm going to try my best to not be offensive about this, but I'm just stating what I found when I did the research. That's it. Some of these holidays, obviously, was Sawin and Pomona. Pomona. The 8th century Pope Gregory, in the book, there was Two different ones, so I don't know which one it was, so I put both. It said the 3rd or the 5th in different parts, but whichever one it was, he moved the date of All Saints holiday from May 13th to November 1st, which was likely to Christianize the festival.
1: Make it the same festival, but put it in a different place and under a different name.
0: And give it a whole different meaning. <laughs>
1: yeah. But people will love it, as long as they get to keep <laughs> drinking and having their burnt bars.
0: All Saints Day, also known as All Hallows Day, is dedicated to remembering saints who passed away, and All Souls Day was to honor all deceased Christians, and that one is celebrated on November 2nd, and it's thought that All Saints Day and All Souls Day were combined to create All Hallows' Eve, which became Halloween over time. And as Christianity spread throughout Europe, the church attempted to replace pagan festivals with Christian holidays. By co-opting existing pagan celebrations and giving them new meanings.
1: The common folk just want to have their parties, and if we just name it what we want, it's still Christian. Yeah.
0: Now into the history of trick-or-treating. Halloween became more widespread with time, and in the 19th century, people began to dress up in costumes and go door-to-door and ask for food and money.
1: People do that now.
0: Yeah. Immigrants from Ireland and Scotland brought their Halloween traditions to the United States, such as playing pranks, ghost stories, and the costumes. When it came to the Samhain Festival, Celts would wear costumes made of animal skins to ward off evil spirits. They would also offer food and drinks to the spirits in hopes that they would leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing called souling, where poor people would go door to door on All Souls Day and would offer prayers for the dead in exchange for soul cakes. So people would leave these soul cakes out for the soulers to enjoy.
1: Just don't take more than one, please. <laughs>
0: There's also a thing called mumming.
1: I've heard of that.
0: It's likely another likely origin of trick-or-treating. It can be traced back to the Middle Ages. Groups of people would dress in costumes and go house to house to perform songs and dance in exchange for food and money. And this likely evolved from an earlier tradition called mumming play, where actors would dress up as characters from history or mythology. And the Celtics... Mummers were believed to ward off evil spirits.
1: I remember, I've probably heard it many places, and that's why it sticks in my head when I hear the word. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd never remember it. I just think you were saying mummy.
0: That, that's what I thought. I thought it was a typo, and they meant mummy, but uh-huh. it, it wasn't.
1: That's where I watched too much BBC.
0: They were seen as supernatural beings to some that could bring good luck as well. Mummers? Yes.
1: Supernatural beings.
0: That's what it said. I don't see how that came out of it, but apparently that's...
1: I wonder if that's where I heard it.
0: Philadelphia has a traditional mummers festival and parade. Oh, that's not nice. Just a fun little fact for that. Since around the 16th century, guising has been associated with Halloween. Guising is going door to door in costumes and receiving food or money in return for singing or telling jokes. And this is thought to have come from Scotland. It's originally called Galoshans. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it spread to Ireland and the rest of the United Kingdom. And the earliest known reference to guising dates back to medieval Scotland. It was traditional at the time for the poor to beg for food on holidays. It's
1: traditional for them to do it all the time now.
0: Yeah. yeah. You kind of got to eat, yeah. even if you're poor or not. Yeah. It's, uh, that survive should be a human right.
1: I found out where I heard the number so much. Mm-hmm. When Lestat... In his book, Lestat, Vampire Lestat, it was his origin story. When he first gave the theater of the vampires the theater to do their vampiring, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they lived in the catacombs until then. He he said, they said, what do we to do with this if you give it to us? He said, live in a normal life. Don't just be crazy c- cemetery people. Uh, <laughs> become mummers. And they did. That's how they started the theater of vampires. So huh. that's where I probably heard mummers so many times. <laughs> I've read the book so many times. And <laughs> I just, I knew what it meant when I heard it then. Hearing you say it, I'm like, well, that's probably the second time I've ever heard it in, in any other context.
0: Guysing <laughs> may also be linked to souling and mumming. And that makes sense to me because they all kind of sound the same. These traditions made their way to the United States with the Irish and Scottish immigrants. Now we're going into Guy Fawkes. It's celebrated on November Fifth, and I hope that I pronounced it right. Okay,
1: yeah, (laughs) Fox. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot.
0: Oh, is that where that come from?
1: Yeah, that's who he was pretending to be.
0: Okay. In the United Kingdom, people celebrated the failure of the gunpowder plot of 1605. They would light bonfires and set off fireworks and children would go around begging for a penny for the guy.
1: Yeah. He was going to blow up Parliament, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. There's also Mischief Night, which they might be the same thing. It's celebrated on November 4th. It's thought to have come about to commemorate the mischief that Guy Fawkes had been up to on the 4th of November. It was the night before he was arrested for his plot to blow up Parliament. It's actually an older tradition that was originally celebrated in May, which makes me think of April Fool's. This does <laughs> not make me think of Halloween if it was in May. People would play pranks and tricks on other people, which may be where the trick part of trick-or-treating came from. Mm -hmm. I don't like tricks. I'm a sourpuss when it comes to something. Well, most tricks. (laughs) I don't like them. Trick-or-treating, as we know it today, began in North America in either the 1920s or 1930s, it's seen as a way to encourage kids to be more active. So you give them candy.
1: You <laughs> get real active. Yeah.
0: In the 1950s, candy became the primary treat to hand out on Halloween. <laughs> the treat <is>
1: like <laughs> little puppies.
0: This was probably due to American TV shows and movies, which began to portray Halloween as a holiday centered around mischievous candy. Still no, no. is. Yeah.
1: Haunted houses and stuff like that. I guess that's just another type of mischief. You spook people and get paid to do it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to go into costumes. And I'm going to, if you haven't noticed, a lot of this has to do with Sawin, the first festival. And they have a lot of similarities. So it's going to sound like I'm repeating a lot, but it's kind of important to repeat them because it kind of fits in with all of these little subtopics. Uh In the past, people wore costumes to disguise themselves from evil spirits. Now they dress up for the fun of it and to scare people. Boo. Celts would dress up in animal skins to disguise themselves. We know that part. Yeah. The idea of dressing up in costumes is said to have come from the idea that ghosts would take over the bodies of humans and therefore disguising as animals would protect them or so they thought. And that leads eventually to dressing up as ghouls, goblins, monsters, and ghosts. They thought that maybe these supernatural beings would not bother you if they thought that you were one of them. It works
1: against the Sanderson sisters the first time.
0: (laughs) The Festival of Pomona. Dressing in costumes may have been influenced by the Roman Festival of Pomona, the goddess of fruits and trees, if you remember. People would dress in leaves and other plant-based materials to celebrate. So you dress up like poison ivy.
1: No, thank you. I'm not dressing up as poison ivy. (laughs)
0: or in poison ivy. <laughs> I would
1: certainly look monstrous after that. Uh,
0: dance Macabre? Macabra. Macabra?
1: Dance Macabre, Beth.
0: Dance Macabre. I don't know medieval talk.
1: It's Macrame. It's like macrame. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> do the the knitting thing to make baskets. <laughs> dance, <Well>, dance Macrame.
0: <laughs> it's a medieval dance.
1: <laughs> it's dance Macabra.
0: Dance Macabra. Medieval dance. People would dress up as skeletons or the dead. It was a way to remember the fragility of life. And it also said to mock death, but that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it was, but...
1: You grimy grimy.
0: (laughs) 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 It likely came from the Black Death.
1: That was a serious one.
0: Yeah, um, which I'm going to say here, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the Black Death because you should go listen to our Pavilion Island episode. We have a lot of information about the Black Death and some ridiculously hilarious treatments they tried. Also some
1: crimes against humanity. Yes, so. and
0: but it's our most popular episode. And our first. <laughs> and our first. Because I guess people just... <laughs> One-hit wonders. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing I'm going to say about the Black Death, you probably already know, it killed millions of people in Europe in the 14th century.
1: Like one-third of Europe. Yes. I like the artwork they painted back then. Yes. Like people dancing in one third of the population in the dancing crowd (laughs) is a
0: corpse. Uh, It's thought to be a way of coping with death caused by the Black Death. It was popular in France and other parts of Europe.
1: That explains the pronunciation. Mm
0: -hmm. Mumming and guising, which dates back to the 16th century, is also believed to have an influence on costumes on Halloween.
1: Why wouldn't it? I mean, it's literally the same thing.
0: Yeah. Dressing up in America was brought over by the Irish and Scottish immigrants in the 19th century. The first people would dress in simple costumes using materials that they could find easily at home.
1: Like bedsheets.
0: You just ruin your mama's bedsheets by poking holes in them. 19th century, Halloween became more commercialized. Costumes became more elaborate and people started to purchase ready-made costumes from shops making life easier, more yep. expensive, but easier. We did
1: a lot, but we also occasionally had some, we mashed together ourselves.
0: Yeah. A popular trend at the time was dressing up as famous people or, or fictional characters, which that's, still to me, thing. still a thing.
1: Remember all the pirates when Pirates of the Caribbean was coming out? Yeah. Or, I dressed
0: up as a pirate around that time.
1: I like the stuff we see at the Mothman Festival, just cosplay. Yeah. Mike called it a Halloween party. <laughs>
0: In the 20th century, costumes became more reflective of pop culture trends. Movie stars and cartoon character costumes became more popular. There was an increase in adults dressing as children's books characters. Cat in the Hat.
1: Ah, that's a popular one, but you don't see it very often. Usually it's the really tall people or the really short people in Mm -hmm. crowds. And then you use the hats to look taller.
0: (laughs) Pumpkin carving originated in Ireland. In the 18th century, there was an Irish folktale about a man named... S-T-I-N-G-Y. Is that stingy or stingy?
1: I'd call it stingy.
0: Jack. Stingy Stingy
1: Jack. Jack. I mean, he's stingy. He
0: was a drunkard, and he always played tricks on people and was causing mischief. Okay. And he tricked the devil into climbing a tree one day. When the devil reached the top of the tree, Jack carved a cross into the tree's trunk, which trapped the devil.
1: If that was the easiest thing to do in the (laughs) world, why does it take a war in the heavens to get him... (laughs) (laughs)
0: The devil promised not to claim Jack's soul when he died in exchange for his freedom.
1: So even if he's been really naughty, he can...
0: He could pretty much do whatever he liked, I guess. So Jack managed to trick the devil two more times after that. And each time the devil made the promise that he would not claim his soul. I don't know why he wouldn't ask for something different. I don't die? Yeah.
1: Maybe that's a promise even he can't give.
0: Yeah, I feel like I would be like asking for money or something those other two times. Because you're already safe from your soul getting taken. Yeah. Eventually, the day came for Jack to die, but he was denied into heaven and ended up at the gates of hell. The devil denied him. As promised. As well. Eventually, Jack made another deal with the devil. He (laughs) said he would go away and leave him alone if the devil would give him a piece of coal to light his way through the darkness.
1: Whoever said the devil didn't bargain?
0: The devil agreed and gave him a burning ember, and Jack put the ember in a carved-out turnip, and then he left. And the story says he has been roaming Earth ever since using this glowing carved-out turnip to light his way.
1: You were too young to remember, but I used to keep a turnip as a pet, as a child. I would travel around and treat it like a baby or a person. I don't remember. Mama tells me about it, and I've got pictures of me of my turnips. <laughs> and they would occasionally throw the old one out and get me a new one. And oh. if you know turnips, they last a long time, so I must have had it for a long time. And then I had another one and didn't know it. So I could just be the reincarnation or the immortal.
0: You're Jack. Yeah. Well, how about we're broke. So why don't you ask for some money instead of going? I've clearly <laughs> been in this world
1: far too long and forgotten my origins. <laughs> so I won't remember anything until the next go around. Um, okay. Or the next deal making. I don't uh, know.
0: I never see turnips.
1: It's on Facebook.
0: Oh, okay. That's why I don't see turnips. Interesting. I bought
1: something to plant and they never grew. I uh, have uh-huh. groundhog ate all of them.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. The name Jack-O-Lantern, it came from Jack.
1: Yeah, I okay. uh, kind of assumed.
0: Yeah. The Irish began calling the ghostly figure Jack of the Lantern, which eventually became jack o Lantern. Yeah. Some versions of the story say that Jack is collecting souls to take to hell with him, but I don't see how that makes sense if he's not allowed in hell.
1: Buying his own soul. That's the only reason I could see him doing it.
0: And carved pumpkins are put on doorsteps in an attempt to scare away evil spirits. Because when the Irish came to the United States, they realized that there were more pumpkins than turnips and that they were easier to carve than a turnip.
1: Yeah, turnips are, they're not hollow like a pumpkin.
0: (laughs) Now I'm going to talk about will-o'-wisps.
1: First time I ever encountered a will-o'-wisp, I was playing The Elder Scrolls or Oblivion.
0: Uh, The legend of Stingy Jack and the Jack-o'-lantern was probably influenced by this Irish legend known as will-o'-wisps. Will-o'-wisps are ghostly lights that are said to haunt the bogs and marshes. They are thought to lure people into their doom.
1: Oh, they certainly do me quite a lot in we
0: Well, just stop following them.
1: I didn't follow them. They, You hear this little whistle sound, and then something teleports right in front of you, and it's like two glowing orbs that, with dust around it that's golden and floating. <laughs> that's because it is dust. And then it electrocutes you, and your health just drops away. <sniffs> yep, that's how it would go.
0: Well, watch out for the dusty lights.
1: Oh, they're cool. They're some of my favorite critter things. Also, you could call them aliens in today. It's swamp gas.
0: (laughs) They're said to be souls of sinners who were denied entry into heaven.
1: Well, they must not have sinned enough to go to hell.
0: Yeah. The legend says many travelers have gotten lost in the wilderness while following these lights. Some say the lights are the ghosts of travelers who died trying to find their way out of the marshes. Others believe they are fairies or other mischievous spirits. See,
1: they show up as fairies in a lot of my stuff, too.
0: Yeah. A wisp is a torch, by the way.
1: Is that what wisp means?
0: Will-o'-wisps translates into Will of the Torch.
1: You are under the Will of the Torch, Mm. not your own.
0: It also says that Will was a wicked blacksmith who worked hard during the day, but was always up to no good and causing mischief at night. And when he died, he was condemned to wander earth for eternity. Bad guy. The devil would give him a single coal to light his way, and Will used the coal to lure people in. And they're said to be found all over the world and are known by names such as Pixie Lights, Fairy Fire, and Fool's Fire.
1: Fairy Fire. That's a D&D spell. I think there's a fox fire in Inuyasha.
0: There is. It's blue. Mm-hmm. I don't think it actually burns. It protects, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Or makes his magic work. Yeah. Shippo.
0: Cute little fox. There's another Irish legend. The puka, I think is, What do you say that? P-U-C-A. It's a mischievous spirit that takes the form of an animal. Huh. It's usually a horse with glowing eyes. It's said to haunt bogs and marshes and lures travelers off the path to lead them to danger. I'm believed to spoil fruit and play tricks on people during this time of year as well.
1: Cool monsters. Yeah. Critters. I don't Undead.
0: Pony. <laughs> I would follow the pony. Halloween in Mexico, the Day of the Dead. It's celebrated from October 1st to November 2nd. And I have no idea how to pronounce this because I don't know Spanish. I did not do well in middle school when they forced us to take that class for a little bit. Eldia de Maltes. Yeah, what well, he said. Or
1: día de, <laughs> de Mortes.
0: Well, there you go. I'm not even going to try to. Eldia. People build altars to remember their loved ones who had passed away. They also lit candles and bonfires to guide the souls of the dead back to the other world. Not only was it associated with Samhain, but was influenced by the British celebration of Guy Fawkes Night. And it's still celebrated by lighting bonfires and fireworks. And they will have traditional foods like toffee apples and roasted chestnuts. People visit cemeteries and decorate graves with marigolds and other offerings. And marigolds are thought to help guide lost souls to find their way back to their resting place after they have visited their families for the celebration. And it's believed their pungent smell is what guides the spirits. They symbolize the beauty and fragility of life. That's cute. (laughs) Yep. Adorable. It's common for people to wear skeleton masks and costumes during the Day of the Dead celebration because, you know, the sugar skulls, you'll eat those too. And an article on History.com says, according to the tradition, the gates of heaven are opened at midnight on October 31st and the spirits of the children can rejoin their families for 24 hours. The spirits of the adults can do the same on November 2nd.
1: They have a (laughs) cue.
0: And I can't help but think of... The Halloween Tree, because that was actually my inspiration for the history of Halloween. It is
1: a fun little cartoon, if you haven't watched it. It's also a book. And I, I didn't s- know it was a book. Yeah, it's a book. I'll um, add the link to that one. I'll also add the movie, of course. It's a nice little cartoon. It kind of takes uh, these guys trying to save their friend, and they get a guy who has a pumpkin tree, and takes them through history and teaches them about parts of Halloween. Because why they're dressed up yeah, in the Yeah, why they're dressed up like they, they are. Chose. Mummies, ghosts, gargoyles. It's cool.
0: It's... A great movie. Even if it ain't
1: completely historically accurate, obviously, it is not. You go to start an Egypt and move your way up time. Mm
0: -hmm. Day of the Dead goes back about 3,000 years to the rituals honoring the dead in the pre-Columbian Mesoamerica. Aztecs living in what is now central Mexico saw death as an essential part of life. After a person died, they were believed to travel to the land of the dead or the other world. And it was believed that they would only reach their final resting place after a journey of several years while completing nine challenges along the way. And I tried to look up what these challenges were, but I couldn't find anything.
1: Can you imagine being one of the few people in this era that lived to be the right old age? And laying there in your deathbed be like, I'm just so tired. It's happening. I'm gonna get some rest and you have to remember, oh, I gotta go on a years long walk.
0: No. <sighs> I'll just stay here. Thank you. In Asia, their version of Halloween is called Teng Chi.
1: I think that's right.
0: Uh, it's also known as the Festival of Hungry Ghosts. It's believed on this day spirits can roam freely among the living. And to appease these spirits, people offer them food and burn paper money so that they can use it to, in the afterlife.
1: Uh, we see that in a lot of anime on and off. Or maybe there's a yeah. talisman type things they're burning. Is this all of Asia that does this? Like,
0: I think it's just China. Okay. But I'm not sure. It said Asia in the book, but it mentions China. It says celebrated either on the 14th or 15th day, depending on where you are located in China. So I'm assuming it's just China.
1: Okay, because it makes sense of the name.
0: Yeah. It's of the seventh month of the lunar year. I don't know when that is because I don't know what that is. But meals are prepared three times and plates are and settings are set out for the ancestors. They burn incense and they write their ancestors' names on paper lanterns. And place them in the river so they'll float down yeah, we, the river.
1: We have seen that in anime. Yeah. Also, we have seen these ancestors in Ulaan, the cartoon.
0: <laughs> they believe the ghosts will follow the lanterns away towards their own realm.
1: Just out to sea. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's where most rivers go. When it comes to parties, people would celebrate Halloween by having mischief night parties.
1: That sounds like some sort of fetish. <laughs>
0: It was originally part of the May Festival, but was moved to November 4th in the United Kingdom, October 30th for the United States. It's a night to play pranks on friends and neighbors, and these parties usually became rowdy and would sometimes end in property damage and vandalism.
1: That still happens. Yeah. And I then, never went to a Halloween party, I don't think. And if I did, it was not certainly not that wild. It was so tame, I can't remember it. Yeah. I guess you could call the big event they had on Main Street a festival of sorts.
0: The- Fall Festival? Remember, we all dress
1: in Halloween costumes and go up uh, Main Street.
0: Mm, Yeah, and the hayride in the antique, well, in the uh, cemetery.
1: I mean, it is antiques (laughs) if you count the people.
0: In the 19th century, several U.S. cities tried to make the parties illegal.
1: Good luck with that. That's like prohibition.
0: Yeah, people continued having them in secret at that point. Now we're going into the bopping for apples gross tradition in my opinion. You might as well go make out or spit food in the mouths of everyone that played before you. Yep. It's thought to have originated in Ireland, England, and Scotland. Originally, it was called ducking for apples or apple ducking. It's often played as part of harvest festivals and celebrations.
1: I remember they had this in school, my earlier years. In-
0: I don't remember ever having this in school. Um, I don't ever remember being around any apple popping.
1: Well, it was like my first, it was like pre-K kind of thing or kindergarten. Where
0: it doesn't matter if you share each other's germs because you're going to be eating each other's boogers. Um, Some versions, the apples would be placed in a tub of water to float. There's another version, though, where apples would be suspended from a tree branch and tied to a string.
1: I have seen that in TV, And and that's the only one I would do.
0: Participants would try to jump to get a bite of the apple. I wouldn't do that because it sounds like a great way to pull a tooth. Or I just keep seeing these kids... Hanging from the apple with <laughs> like their mouth.
1: fish on a string. Yeah.
0: I, just swinging around. When I
1: was a little kid at the same, I bit into an apple and one of my teeth came out in it.
0: Maybe a banana and something nice and mushy that way. It won't <laughs> yeah. be as bobbing bad.
1: Bobbing for bananas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the myths and superstitions around apple bobbing. It was believed the game could predict who or when a person would get married. And it likely evolved from the Festival of Pomona, the Fruits and Trees one because of the association with fertility is likely how it became associated with love and marriage. Apples represent the forbidden fruit as well, from the Garden of Eden. It was believed the first person to remove an apple would be the first to get married. How sinful. Mm -hmm. It's also believed that if a person was able to remove an apple without using their hands, they would have good luck in the year to come.
1: How many people had to cheat? (laughs) It sounds like it's a common thing.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Miss Withers had to use her hands again, so much for... (laughs) Her garden this year.
0: It's also thought that if the first initial of the person you will marry was revealed, if you are successful in catching an apple.
1: How did that work?
0: I don't know. Did they have
1: like letters? How I many people back then could read? <laughs> when was
0: this? I, I don't know what it was. But it's just superstitions and myths that oh, apparently. Oh, okay. So don't really matter. This is all. Yeah. Obviously, this is superstitions and myths. Poo-y. It was also thought that how many apples you catch would be how many times you got married. And I thought, so if you're really good at the game, you get punished with divorces or death of multiple spouses. That's nice. (laughs) Another is if you buy for apples on Halloween night, you will be able to see the face of your future spouse. And uh, all you're going to see is yourself in the reflection of the water.
1: I'm all alone. no one (laughs) here beside me.
0: Or if an unmarried woman slept with an apple under her pillow on Halloween night, she would dream of her future husband, and that just sounds horribly uncomfortable and like it would be a terrible night's sleep. Because if the princess and the pea was uncomfortable just because of a tiny little pea under her mattress, just imagine the crick in your neck caused by sleeping with a fucking apple under your pillow.
1: Back then, apples weren't as big as they are now.
0: It's still not going to be comfortable.
1: Mm -mm. God only knows what they were sleeping on, (laughs) other than the apple. You might be lucky to have that apple. (laughs)
0: It's also thought that you'll have good luck in the coming year if you were the person to catch the most apples, but I think I said that before.
1: Well, yeah, you're not going to starve for the next few days.
0: Yeah. There's some myths around Halloween as well. Halloween began as a Christian holiday is one. The roots of Halloween are much older than the Christian church, and the Christian church realized it would be more successful if it merged existing beliefs and celebrations and festivals into its own calendar. For example, Christmas was originally a pagan holiday to celebrate the winter solstice. Mm -hmm. The church co-opted the holiday and declared that Jesus was born on December 25th. And I really don't know much about all of it, but I've heard that he was born in the summer months. And then again, I don't know what the weather, seasons, and environments were like back then either.
1: The calendars weren't even the same back then, so. Yeah,
0: who knows? And
1: it's a different part of the world for us. I don't have a clue what time of year it is right now in the Middle East.
0: No idea. And then also, you have to remember the Pope Gregory Third or Fifth, whichever one, declaring All Saints' Day to be celebrated in November instead of in May to coincide with Samhain.
1: I love that name every time I hear it. Now,
0: the second myth I have about Halloween is that it was invented by America, when obviously it was not. The roots of it has gone back for thousands and thousands of years.
1: It's- Big candy companies trying to get you to spend money. I mean, that might be what it is now, but...
0: Yeah, now maybe, but... And the third myth I have is Halloween is associated with devil worship. This belief probably stems from the early Christian views that pagan religions were forms of devil worship.
1: The Pope said it's okay in its own way when they turn it into these All Saints Day, Mm -hmm. uh, but they still don't accept it. Speaking of this devil worship situation, remember when we would go and dress up as I was early teens and you were younger than that, of course? my and mom would dress up and we'd all dress up and go to the mall and walk around at the town <laughs> and everything else and there would be like six or seven people in the mall walking trying up to, to
0: e- ruin just innocent children's walking Halloween's. up
1: to everybody he was dressed up and telling them that you're guaranteeing your child a place in hell my grandma Mom, cussed them out yeah go grandmama <laughs> and we never went with my other aunt and she'd even been worse i'm sure
0: Oh yeah, that would have been great. They would have gotten exactly what they deserved.
1: I wouldn't have cared if they. I, it's not your business. If you'd have had a stand up where people could willingly walk over if they were interested.
0: Yeah, but not outright say that children are going to go to hell.
1: Walking up to strangers and telling you that. What? what? And if
0: they are going to go to hell, if that is actually, I like us try to say I I do try. To, I believe I am a Christian, but also I think that God gave you a brain for a reason use it and i don't want to be a part of any god that sends children to hell for having fun innocent fun they're not worshiping satan they're they going out to get candy shut the hell up
1: you were dressed up as like <laughs> just a normal thing i was
0: dressed up as a bride yeah that year
1: i was a vampire as always but you were a bride i don't know what in the world he it was a guy that got to us they were also in walmart i recall
0: mm-hmm.
1: heading out tiny bible. Which, you know, that's at least they didn't say anything mean. They just gave us a tiny Bible. But they
0: also don't mention the fact that Christians took the pagan holidays. Mm -hmm. So uh, are we just not going to mention that or are we just going to do it when it's convenient?
1: (laughs) No. Simple as that. It's just, I know a lot of churches have Halloween events now. So Yeah. But that happened when we were later in our teens, not when we were children.
0: I was with a friend and we were taking her son around to these churches for trunk or treating. I think is what they call them. And there was supposed to be one at a certain church on the way to the lake, I believe. And we walk up and there's this loud music and lights flashing and teenagers. And they were having, uh, they called it a rave. And that is just not somewhere you expect a rave to be a Halloween rave.
1: I don't go out trick-or-treating or anything anymore. So I don't know if they still go around handing out stuff to kids trying to tell them they're going to hell. So we might be just talking about old news right now. Probably. I, hope, I don't know. I hope we are.
0: Yeah. Paganism means of the countryside. The word pagan came to be viewed as negative likely due to the early Christian propaganda. Yeah, that's what's that. Is. Yeah. we just went through that. They didn't see them as equally valid forms of spirituality, but instead as dangerous and evil. Many people who practice paganism does not believe in devil worship. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Most see it as a way to connect with nature and the world around them. How dare they? Now we're going into the darker side of Halloween. Halloween was always associated closely with death and the underworld. In Victorian times, people became fascinated with spiritualism and the occult. Seances, Ouija boards, they would try to communicate with the dead, so on and so forth. In the 1900s, some historians believed the popularity of horror movies in the early 1900s helped contribute to the dark side of Halloween.
1: It did. How many Freddie Mass and Jason?
0: Yeah. Movies introduced people to new concepts of horror that were just previously unimaginable. All the gore, the guts, the blood. Halloween and death. Halloween coincided with the end of harvest season when food stocks were at their lowest, meaning death was a more present danger at yeah. that time. Christians would traditionally visit graves and pay respects at that time as well to deceased loved ones.
1: I might be seeing you soon if we don't get more grain. (laughs) Get the spare room ready.
0: (laughs) The Day of the Dead traces back to the Aztecs and also a time to celebrate the loved ones who had passed away. And costumes, when it comes to them, people wearing disguises to ward off evil spirits. In the late 1800s, a new wave of horror stories began to emerge and it was popularized by authors such as Edgar Allan Poe and Brian Stoker.
1: Bram Stoker. Huh? Bram Stoker.
0: Why did I put Brian? I think I put Brian for a few. Of, it, either that or it fixed itself to it Brian. It probably did. Oh. <laughs> they had stories with dark images of death. and Or
1: undeath. Ooh. Or
0: the undead. And had a profound impact on how people viewed Halloween and became associated more with the gore and the horror.
1: I'm kind of fond of the... Bram Stoker story, era of stories, Edgar Allan Poe, Bram Stoker.
0: Yeah, I um, like Edgar Allan Poe.
1: Yeah, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And if I had to pick a '80s horror to really enjoy, it's it's probably Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I've always liked Freddy Krueger. I never was afraid of him.
0: Freddy's my man. He
1: made me laugh. And then you got I think that's why I like. Then it you as got much. movies like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Those kind of things are my. My jam. But yeah. Jason and Michael Myers bore me to death.
0: Well, I mean, we probably like those and they are our favorites because that's what we grew up on as children. As That's what we watched.
1: Yeah. Our mother didn't shelter us that way. We, eat, we could watch what we want. I watched the first I, episode of South Park when it came out. <laughs> and Futurama.
0: Which, I mean, that's fine. If you don't want your children being exposed to that kind of thing. That's understandable, but we turned out fine.
1: We think we turned out fine.
0: I'm a wonderful person. Thank you very much, mister. Some of the creatures that are associated with Halloween, witches.
1: Oh, I would have never guessed.
0: Yeah, witches. They've always been associated with Halloween and they can be traced back to ancient times. Mm -hmm. The early cultures believed witches were women with supernatural powers, obviously.
1: That's because they were smart enough to know how to cure a proper (laughs) sickness or something.
0: Yeah, they they aren't the ones that took a chick, <laughs> plucked living chicken's anus and put it on a boobo. Uh-uh. They're the ones that actually got some herbs that do help. <laughs> and then it worked, and then you got burned because it worked. People believed that witches could help or harm people with magic. Most of the time, they thought the harm part. Mm-hmm. This belief was perpetuated. This belief came... From the church labeling witches as evil people who consorted with the devil. Many innocent women were persecuted and killed during the witch trials in the Middle Ages.
1: Because of jealous other townsfolk yeah. or some upset supposed doctor didn't like it that they knew better than they did. Yeah. Or just some husband who said his wife weren't listening to him. Yeah. Later on, they'd get you institutionalized. Yeah. And you best not be reading any book.
0: Just, no, no, don't you read it unless it's the Bible. You you don't get to read books. Matter
1: of fact, when this happened, you might be a little bit sketchy if you could read it all. Why
0: is a woman able to read anyway? Yeah. Why?
1: <laughs> That's pretty much explain what I was
0: that for shame. Who taught you that? Get back in the kitchen. <laughs> <sighs> Good times. Not really. I would be in an institution.
1: There's one witch story I really like. Um, it's the Mayfair Witches. It's a novel by Anne Ross. I'll add the link to that if you want a nice, spooky New Orleans witching ghosty story. Uh, it's a town that takes place more modern day, and in the past, it gives their history as well. And a lot of these witch trials take place in the, the later part, I the miss earlier New parts. Orleans. So she acts like she's lived there all her life and misses it. She's I only been once. I've
0: <laughs> only been once for a week, but don't get I don't Witches were thought to be more active on Halloween night because they thought that's when they did their, what is that word I'm looking for? Rituals. Rituals. Yeah. Rituals. Witchy.
1: Witchings.
0: (laughs) We're just going to go with the word rituals. There's another one I was thinking of. Remember the movie Hansel and Gretel? Covens? No.
1: Ceremonies?
0: No. Uh, Okay, we're just going to go with rituals.
1: Witches. Rites. They didn't have any. They got burned. Sabbath. Ah, the Sabbath.
0: Sabbath. I want to say. This may date back to medieval Europe. Witches were associated with the pagan holiday of Beltane. This was when people would celebrate the coming of summer by lighting bonfires and dancing around them, which doesn't make sense to me because wouldn't it be celebrating fall or winter or something like that?
1: I think it's just supposed to take place in the darkest part of the year uh-huh. and to scare the spirits away with the dancing and the fire and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but I've learned it from the Halloween tree movie. So <laughs> um, it could be wrong, but a lot of stuff you've said has just been in there. so
0: Yeah. You need to add the movie to the link, because I'll go ahead and not buy that one, because I want to watch it.
1: Uh, You mean the book or the movie? Both. Okay.
0: And with witches comes broomsticks. One theory is as to why broomsticks became associated with the witches dates back to the Black Death.
1: Okay. Why?
0: Because people believed witches were to blame for spreading the bubonic plague, among many other things that they decided to blame that were not correct. They believed that witches would fly away on their broomsticks to avoid being caught. And I have in my little own thoughts. Um, in reality, they were probably just grabbing their broomsticks because it was close by and they were going to bop their accusers in the head with it.
1: Yeah. And also
0: bop them because they should have been practicing social distancing.
1: I mean, maybe they hear something going on. And like the meme of today, they just went out to sweep the sidewalk to hear what the neighbors are arguing about. <laughs> and then they assumed the argument was caused by the woman next door.
0: Another broomstick theory was thought that it was a symbol of fertility and that flying one represented a woman's freedom from traditional gender roles. Oh, got to fly away from that kitchen. (laughs) It's more likely it became associated with witches as it was a common household item used most often by the women accused of being witches, which happened to be the poor. And when the book said the poor part, I kept thinking, do rich women not have brooms? Do they just not have No, but have the poor people home? who
1: clean their home for them, or the slaves in America who did it, they would, uh, I guess, they never really had a reason to touch a broom.
0: Oh, well, that must be nice.
1: I have a room, but I don't have a reason. I don't remember the last time I touched a broom.
0: Same. Oh, oh, it was yesterday. No, day before yesterday. Hmm. Around that time. And with the broom, you got to have a nice pointy hat to match.
1: I don't understand the hat part. I thought everybody wore hats like that back then.
0: (laughs) There are many theories as to how the pointy hat became associated with the witches. None have been proven, obviously. The first theory is that Jewish people were forced to wear pointy hats in medieval Europe as a way to tell them apart from the Christians. And it's thought that these hats began to be associated with the devil worship and witchcraft as they were worn by people who were persecuted for their beliefs.
1: That's... Always the case. Hmm. It's the scarlet letter or your upside down triangle for the gays by Hitler or the Star of David by Hitler to Jews. So it happened in Europe again in the 40s and 30s. Mm -hmm. I think Stalin also had a hand at murdering a bunch of Jewish people, too. I'm pretty sure he did. Hmm.
0: The second theory is that the hats were worn by pagans as a way of honoring the horned god which a god or a goddess that is associated with nature and fertility. You mean pan? Fertility. That sounds right. It didn't say the name. It just said the horned god, which was a god or goddess. But yeah, that sounds right. I think I've heard that before.
1: He had horns when he was Greek I and Roman. I say Romans. a few of them might. <laughs> yeah.
0: But the pointy hat may have been thought to be a sign to suggest that women who wore them were somehow related to Satan. who That sounds like an easy one to avoid. Yeah, who was obviously thought to have Horns.
1: You just don't wear a pointy hat.
0: Yeah. Get you a nice rounded hat. No, no
1: idea <laughs> that there's a point ever there.
0: In the early twentieth century, archaeologists discovered mummified remains, which became known as the witches of Subeshi. I like that name. Mummies wore two foot tall pointy hats with wide brims. These mummies did.
1: Okay. I was sorry to say the Egyptians certainly didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. The mummies that they found there did. The third theory is that the hats were used to deflect the witch's power back onto her. It was believed a witch's power came from her head and that the pointy hat would reflect her power.
1: Back onto her. So they were forced on the people more than they wanted to wear them, it sounds like. Sounds like. I don't know why a woman want her witchy powers reflected back on her. Who wants a spell rebound like that?
0: Yeah. Cauldrons. It is an important symbol in many pagan traditions. It has been used in witchcraft for centuries. In the first theory, which is the most popular, cauldrons were a symbol of the goddess C E R R I D W E N. Ceridwen or Caradwen? Saradwin?
1: Caradwen? I don't know.
0: No. It's a Welsh goddess of inspiration, wisdom, and rebirth. Her cauldron was said to be able to grant knowledge and understanding, which I think we need that cauldron at this point in our lives. Yeah. We need that cauldron. Well, the story goes. That this goddess's cauldron came to be associated with witches because they were believed to have access to her powerful magic through the cauldron. The second theory, the cauldron was originally a symbol of the goddess Brigid, or Brigid, of fire, healing, and fertility. Her sacred fire was often said to be held in a cauldron.
1: A cauldron of fire.
0: Yeah. Moving on to black cats. Meow. I got two. Mine is uh, being very noisy. You know, really?
1: Slobberchops, his brother is very loud as well. Mab, Lady Cat, the big fluffy black cat, she don't make a peep. <laughs> She's just as quiet as can be.
0: She makes a peep when I pet her.
1: Yeah, she goes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> She does not like me. She don't like nobody. It's okay. I still force my love upon her.
1: She sleeps at the foot of the bed now, though. Aw. She's getting more social as she gets older.
0: Bubonic sleeps, well, what time he's not meowing from three to four o'clock in the morning. he sleeps on my nightstand beside me Mm. and just stares. Black cats are thought to be associated with witches because they were often used as familiars or spirit gods.
1: Who come up with these
0: rules? Familiars are animals thought to be associated with witches such as black cats, toads, dogs, bats, and rats. I think owls should be on there too. Make all the Harry Potter things happen. Dogs wasn't on the Harry Potter list, was it?
1: I never seen a dog running around Hogwarts.
0: Yeah, I think they traded dogs for owls. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Must not have been a dog person. Never thought of that, did Uh, you?
0: No. Black cats were feared because they were thought to be able to transform into evil spirits. It was also believed to be demons that were given to the witches by the devil. Remember
1: our our grandpa used to think they would suck the soul out of you if you let him in the room at night with a baby?
0: I remember that.
1: Suck your breath out or something. It would just stick its head in your face and eat your air and you'd die.
0: I think wonder if that had anything to do with it, because you hear about how cats know if something is wrong with their human, and they'll sit on them, and there was something wrong with the baby to begin with, and the cat was just there to comfort it.
1: Yeah, actually, the cat's just there to get warmth off the feverish bodies.
0: <laughs> they were said to assist witches in their endeavors, and thought to be a source of the witch's own power.
1: Well, that's putting all your hopes in something that's very unpredictable.
0: Yeah. Black cats' association with luck is whether they are thought to be good or bad luck. Depends on the culture and traditions. In the United States, we have a bunch of ignorant people that think black cats crossing your path is considered bad luck. That's Rick. I Um, had bad luck long before I had my black cat. Thank you very much. When I
1: see a strange black cat cross my path, I don't know if I cross my fingers or something like that. I do something silly.
0: You know what I do? I go by kitty. Um, but I don't
1: run from it or try come to here, avoid kitty. it. kitty. Mainly because when I see them cross my path, I'm driving and I don't want to take any chances while I'm on the road.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I stop and I'm like, kitty, 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 kitty. I know. If I'm on the if You I, come home <laughs> with me. If I'm
1: passing someone's house, I'm not going to steal their cat.
0: Oh, no. If it's at somebody's house, I'm not going to do that.
1: But so, I would never just take no. a cat from somebody.
0: Yeah. That's that's rude. Vampires portrayed in books, movies, and TV shows over the years, such as Bram Stoker's Dracula and Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles.
1: Also, the Twilight Saga, if you're into that, but I'm more of a Vampire Chronicles guy. Mm -hmm. They have a new series on AMC. Also, it's on HBO for a short while, I think. Or maybe that's The Witching Hour. Uh, Both of them are Anne Rice. I'll add the first book of the Vampire Chronicles in here, too.
0: Well, I only read Interview with the Vampire.
1: I would add it in Bram Stoker's Dracula, but if you want to read that, uh, no joke, it's free to read. You can get it anywhere. It's out of the public domain now. Oh uh, Yeah. But Anne Rice's and them you'll probably have to pay for or get a subscription to something. I, I don't think they're on Kindle Unlimited though. Really? No, Beth. The, like the big authors, a lot of their books don't show up on Unlimited. Some of them do, but some of them don't. So.
0: Oh, okay. So, I mean, you can still purchase them on Kindle though. Oh, yeah, Kindle, but, you, though. but
1: if you have Unlimited, it ain't like
0: free. Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. They were thought to have originated in Eastern Europe in the 18th century, but evidence shows that belief in vampires dates back much further in ancient cultures, such as Sumerians, Babylonians, and Assyrians all have had stories of blood-drinking demons.
1: I'm pretty sure the evil dead demons were from Samaria.
0: Yeah. In medieval Europe, there were many reports of people becoming vampires after their deaths. They were thought to have come from consumption victims who showed signs of being Undead, such as having reddish complexions and bleeding from the mouth.
1: Ah, yes. Consumption. Mm -hmm. The Romantics disease.
0: Yeah. In the 18th century Eastern Europe, people took drastic measures to prevent themselves from becoming a vampire after death, such as driving spikes through the corpse's heart, stuffing their mouths with rocks, and burning them.
1: I mean, if everybody's got consumption, burning them isn't the worst idea. Yeah.
0: And the popularity of vampires boomed when Bram Stoker's Dracula was published in 1897, which introduced many elements that are now synonymous with vampires, such as the ability to turn into bats and fear of garlic.
1: If you want to go to a good movie that's kind of funny, watch Dracula Dead Loving It. Yeah. It's a Dracula comedy. It's basically Dracula, but funny.
0: <laughs> and Bats. Which also are associated with vampires. And rabies. And rabies. And adorable
1: little flying mammals.
0: They are adorable, but I don't trust them.
1: I don't trust rabies.
0: That's why I don't trust them. I don't like shots and I will do everything I possibly can to prevent getting one.
1: I had to go catch a bat in your house one time and it tried to bite me.
0: Yeah, that's why I made you do it.
1: It almost got through my leather glove. That is
0: your job as the big brother to do the bat catching.
1: I was like, I don't know what to do with it. So I set it in a cage. For a while until that night, and I turned it loose because it was morning when I picked it up. Yeah, and I sat there and thinking, "Oh God, I hope it didn't get through the glove." And See, it was- <laughs>
0: all I saw where my walls are the same color as the bat. I looked up and I saw. I was like, "Is my wall molding with some <laughs> funny colored mold?" And I got up closer to it. And I'm like, "Oh shit, it's a bat." That decided to go to sleep in my house. How did it get in? They had had the door open while they were working on that box I used to put trash in so that the animals won't get into it. And they just left the door open and it was starting to get dark. And I that all I can figure is it came in during that time.
1: It just flew right out of the house while well, you slept that night. Yeah. <laughs> it just had free reign <laughs> for the house. It's a wonder all your cats didn't get rabies. It is. But I guess it's living a perfectly fine life now. Yeah. Uh, unless it died of rabies or something afterwards, because I hope it didn't have it then, otherwise I'd be dead.
0: See, you're fine.
1: It's been a year ago.
0: <laughs> Creatures of the night. Creatures of the night.
1: What a mess they make.
0: They're seen as sinister and spooky. And the word vampire comes from the Slavic word for bat. I don't know what it is because the book didn't say that. And I didn't look it up. Is Russian the same as Slavic?
1: Yeah, Beth. There's a lot of Slavic countries. Ukraine, for instance.
0: Okay, I have no idea because it's only showing the scribbles that I can't read.
1: called Russian alphabet?
0: I have no idea. Go on. So we'll just skip past that. It's thought that the association Vampires and Bats and Halloween likely began because they are nocturnal creatures. Some also feed on blood and they are proficient flyers, which may have made them seem otherworldly to the early humans. Who
1: weren't familiar with the concept of sonar.
0: Moving on to ghosts. Another classic. Mm-hmm. Belief in ghosts dates back for thousands of years. It can be found in cultures around the world. Early cultures believed ghosts were harmful spirits that caused diseases and death, and some believed that they could possess people's bodies and control their actions.
1: I imagine seizures had a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. or people just not wanting to be caught doing bad things. Yeah. I didn't mean to do it. The ghosty aunt Myrtle did it.
0: And spiders. In many cultures, spiders are seen as creatures of the underworld. They can, were thought to bring illness or bad luck, and if it's the right kind of spider and it bites you, it can bring illness.
1: And bad luck.
0: Which you're going to think is bad luck.
1: My finger's falling off.
0: <laughs> they were also thought to be able to cast spells. But in other cultures, spiders are seen as helpful and weave webs to catch pests. That's how I see them. That's how I see them. I let
1: them run rampant.
0: And they're also considered a symbol of good luck in those other cultures.
1: I caught one today under the bed that was a bit too large for my comfort. And See,
0: I don't care if they're large, but I've been finding baby brown recluses in my house, and I, I just can't be living like that. I
1: think you're a little imagining things.
0: I'm not. They have fiddles on their back. I make sure. Uh-huh. And I just can't be living like that. And I wish my other little pet spiders would do their jobs that I keep around and kill these little bastards all because I like my skin. I want to keep my skin because that brings me to my next topic. Actually, zombies. I like my skin. I want to keep it.
1: If all these brown recluses, (laughs) I begin to wonder if you had a brain.
0: (laughs) Zombies were first mentioned in 17th or 18th century accounts of voodoo rituals. They were thought to be slaves in these stories.
1: Yeah, they weren't quite the undead.
0: It's believed that they had been resurrected by a powerful sorcerer. And zombies are said to be immune to pain, unable to think, and unable to feel emotions. Over time, the idea of zombies spread to other countries, where they became a staple of horror films and stories. Now, video games as well, because mm-hmm. Left for Dead's, they're my favorites. I like the second one because I like the New Orleans cemetery themes and swamps. Yeah, that was fun. Why do zombies eat brains? Do we know? Well, considering I've never encountered a zombie and there's a... Probably no chance of them actually being real. Probably not. But some believe zombies are driven by a basic instinct to consume any living thing they could find. Others believe zombies eat brains because they are seeking out the food that is most rich in nutrients. But how in the world do you know if brains are most nutrient?
1: I don't know. Um, I've only seen a few brains. It's usually when my daddy would kill a deer or something and that one is horns. Did you eat them? No. Hmm. I probably poked them with a stick. Yeah. When I was a child. <laughs>
0: There's also the memories theory. Some think that zombies are attracted to the memories and thoughts in the people's brains because they lost their own memories. Sounds like a good plan to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take yours, please.
0: Yeah, you probably got better ones than I do anyway.
1: I at least up until this point, you did anyway.
0: Ain't you? <laughs> and you're going to have the memory of you getting eaten. <laughs> oh, or of you eating that person, but it's going to be their memory that you have.
1: Carl from Fifth Street. Two stars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ancient Greeks may have been the first civilization to fear the undead. Archaeologists have found many ancient graves which contain skeletons that were pinned down with rocks and other heavy objects. And when it comes to the voodoo, some believe zombies are people revived by a voodoo practitioner known as boker. Bokers are said to use herbs, shells, fish, bones, and other animal parts and other objects to create concoctions which contain tetrodotoxin. It's the neurotoxin that's found in pufferfish. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's what it is. And it's very deadly. If that's why you have to, I believe, have a license to prepare it.
1: I would never eat any.
0: Yeah. If used carefully at sublethal doses, it may cause zombie-like symptoms, such as difficulty walking, mental confusion, and respiratory problems.
1: Oh, great. Sounds like a party. Let's have some (laughs) tetrodotoxin.
0: A 1977 article in a British medical journal described three verifiable accounts of zombies. I didn't get the information as to what their accounts were in the article, but I looked up my own, and I found in Haiti, a woman appeared dead and was buried in a family tomb, and she reappeared three years later.
1: Ah, lucky her.
0: Yeah. And then, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Also in Haiti, Carvius. I guess. Narcisse. That's a cool name. In 1962, he entered a hospital with respiratory problems and then he slipped into a coma. He was declared dead shortly after and then was buried. But 18 years later, a man walked up to Angelina Narcisse, which was his sister, claiming to be her brother, Clairvius. The townspeople and family members identified him as such, and he claimed he had been buried alive, dug up, and put to work on a sugar plantation.
1: Doesn't sound surprising.
0: No, no, it doesn't.
1: sixty. It sounds like
0: something that would probably happen these days.
1: I'm pretty sure zombies show up in a way in the Ross Witching Hour novel as well.
0: Yeah. And a few other interesting notes before we end this episode. Russia doesn't celebrate Halloween and is vocal about why it is not welcome in their country. Some politicians and religious groups say it goes against their cultural and Christian values and traditions. Okay. After the Watergate scandal, the Nixon mask became more popular for Halloween costumes, and this caused more stores to start selling masks of other politicians' faces. Yeah, the Trump, faces. the
1: Obama masks, and yeah. I've seen them.
0: Scarecrows symbolize the ancient agricultural roots of the holiday, Halloween. Never knew that.
1: I just thought they were to scare away crows. Batman villain.
0: Also a nice place to put the bad people in Doctor Who.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about him, the family.
0: Yeah. Tampering with candy. Most of the cases about tampering with candy have been debunked, but it has caused panic about people putting razors or poison in kids' candy for Halloween. A couple of cases that I found actually turned out to be true. In 1970, there was a case where parents of a five-year-old child sprinkled his Halloween candy with heroin to try to cover up that he had gotten into his uncle's heroin stash. I don't know if he lived or if he died. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that wasn't even a stranger. That was the parents. Yeah. And in 1974, a man in Houston, Texas, laced his son's Halloween candy with cyanide in an attempt to claim the life insurance money.
1: From his son? hmm
0: He had not long before gotten a life insurance policy out on his son. So it made it very obvious. To try to make it look more like a random stranger did it, though... He also laced his daughter's candy and the candy of three other kids. His daughter and the other kids didn't end up eating the candy, but his son obviously did, and he died from the poison.
1: What well, would be the point of trying to collect life insurance if he didn't?
0: Yeah, but still. And in there was this one bitch who didn't like giving candy to older kids or teenagers, so she. Gave them still wool pads, dog biscuits, and ant poison tablets. From what I can understand, she said it wasn't edible, but I think it was the ant poison tablets that probably really did her in. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find where any kids actually ate them, but she was charged. And in my own little thoughts, I say she probably could have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for the ant poison. I would have enjoyed getting everyday cleaning supplies and such. So that I wouldn't have to buy them myself. So bring on the Tide Pods.
1: Some random stranger gave my grandma a case of beer when he realized she was dressed up for two. Yeah. Also, some woman gave me a cat. My mama was upset.
0: (laughs) I want a cat. And then we got electric blankets as well. But yeah, bring on the Tide Pods for older people because laundry detergent is expensive these days. But seriously, though, why get pissed about teenagers trick-or-treating instead of them going out and partying and drinking, getting into trouble and destroying property? Or-
1: yeah, next year they won't go trick-or-treating. They'll just toilet paper your house. Yeah.
0: But I also decided to add a little list of not normal things that I would enjoy getting for Halloween. That's not candy. Cleaning supplies, because they're expensive and I don't want to buy them myself. Soap, shampoos, and hygiene, self-care product, and office supplies, like pens, pencils, paper, notebooks. Things like that. The cat. And that's all I have for today. I think that's been long enough. And I'm tired. And I got schoolwork to do.
1: I'll add a few links to things in the description. Affiliate links for Amazon, for the books and some of the movies we might have talked about. Also, some trial subscriptions to Prime, Kindle Unlimited. Stuff you might want to try. Since they're affiliate links, associate links is what they call them. If you use them, we will get a little piece of that sale. And it's only just to help us out. It ain't going to raise the price on you to give it to us or anything. Also, if you like what you heard here, we have a few other podcasts. We have Leveling Duo. It's a podcast where me and my friend Dakota talk about video games we really enjoy. And we have Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I tell Beth about random tabletop role-playing games that I pull off my shelf and don't get to play. So I want to talk to her about them. She tells me if she likes them at the end or don't. All the links I talk about that are, oh, sorry. We also have a bunch of social links like TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Beth has an email to contact her. Uh, We have a YouTube channel. All those links, including the website link to our general podcast website. If you want to go there, you could donate there if you really want to. But I recommend using affiliate links so you can buy something nice for yourself and help us. Just look at the episodes and find something you like. But all that is in the link tree link, the first link you come to in the description of this episode and all the affiliate links will be right below that. We are part of the podcast network Gruesome Gaming Group, so if you see Gruesome Gaming or GGG on any of those links, that is the ones for all of our podcasts, but you can get a hold of them and follow over all of our stuff from there. It's the easiest way to see everything all at once if you want to keep track of what we're doing or contact me or Beth. Uh, if you send an email to Beth on the email link, it will just go straight to her. So if you have any ideas for the show, it's been really fun learning some of the stuff about Halloween. I don't hope we haven't insulted too many cultures or religions. <laughs> And I guess that's it. I've been Rami. And I'm Beth. Thank you for listening to HHNH. and Bye-bye.